single versus married. Are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. It's different strokes for different folks. The difference is who wipes your ass when you're old. Name a color on a count of three. One, two, three. Purple. Purple. Oh! Damn it. I knew it. <laughs> it's still you? in the same family. Uh, well, you know what? It is in the same family. It's the same. It's, the, it's not a nightshade. Is it's it a, a bruise. <laughs> We're in the bruise family. That is so symbolic for who and we, we both are. And we both are low iron. <laughs> it's true. And I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed See? low iron. Best friend. <laughs> best friend. Everybody, this is my best friend, Targene O'Brien. And this is my best friend, Tina Louise Eckert. And this is single versus... Hold on. I'm married. Oh. <laughs> Single. <laughs> this is single, single versus, versus Mary. Got that. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God. Well, today's topic—it's uh, an interesting one. It's—we're all about being uh, some illness, some some sickness, and how we deal with that. Yeah. Um, the ins and outs. And like uh, being sick on your own if you're single. Yeah. Nope. And then you know, married and obstacles can you know can cause a strain on a relationship. I have a question for you. Okay, this is a self, you have to self-diagnose. When you're sick, do you think you're an easy sick person to deal with or a hard sick person to deal with? I don't like how happy you are right now because you already know the answer. I think it depends on what you think is hard. Do I like to be left alone and die secretly in my bed? Yes. Then that's easy. <laughs> okay, then I mean very easy because <laughs> I don't want anything. It's funny. I was thinking about this this morning because I was like, am I an annoying sick person that like needs a lot? And I think sometimes I am and sometimes I'm like, oh, leave me alone. Just go away. You are vocal. Like yeah. you, you will tell me a lot about how bad your cold is and how miserable you are. Oh. Yeah. But that's on the phone, not like in person. Oh, I'm not Have coming we... over here. You're gross. <laughs> You're gross. You're married. That's true. That's true. That's true. I've been thinking about this topic because I went to the doctor for my regular checkup and uh, my doctor found a lump in my breast, which is weird because I have very small breasts. <laughs> You're like, am I on I my period? Like, she's like, I know. She's like, I was like, no, that's just my breast. She's like, no, it's it's not. It mm. is something. And it freaked the shit out of me because I had not felt it. I did not know what it was. And they made me go to doctor's appointments so quickly, one after the other, that it freaked me out yeah. because it was like, okay, cool. You need a mammogram tomorrow. And I was like, what? And so I got a mammogram. And they're like, okay, cool. You need an ultrasound right now. And then like that sense of urgency. Oh my God. Literally all of this happened within the course of a week. And now granted, I know I'm very fortunate because I have a Cadillac health plan. Mm -hmm. So I have access to like doctors quickly and like they were not messing around. And when the radiologist came in and she's like, yeah, it's inconclusive. I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, oh, it means you have to go have a biopsy. I'm like, okay, cool. When? She's like, as soon as you can. I'm like, okay, hey everybody, can we just pump the brakes? Yeah. Like this is freaking me out. And the best part is I call my mom right after the first time. I'm like, mom, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, this is weird. We don't have any like history of breast can like breast cancer or any sort of cancer like that. And she goes, oh, I had a lot of lumps in my breasts. I'm like, did you ever think you were going to like share that information with me? Yeah. And she's like, it's probably just a cyst. But then when they kept saying like, oh, it's absolutely not a cyst. She's like, oh, and then they're like, you have another cyst on the other side. I'm like, oh, this is all great news. So then I go for the biopsy. Biopsy is like inconclusive. You got to get it out. A question. Yes. During this whole time. In the time, front row. <laughs> me, right here. Hi, Teen Louise from Redondo Beach, California. Um, <laughs> when you first found out, obviously you tell Art, your yes. husband, and he's on this journey with you too. Yeah. Did he go to your doctor's appointments or do you kind of want to do this on your own? Oh, no. He took me to the biopsy because biopsy, you go on, like you're on like a... I wasn't fully under, but, like, I was definitely not allowed to drive. Yeah. And for the mammogram and the ultrasound, I wanted to go by myself because I was like, listen, this could be – like, I was really convinced it's a cyst. It's nothing. It's no big deal. And when I left that appointment, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. But then you had art, and he was yes. super – Oh, this all happened within a period of two months. And so when they when I had the surgery, which, P.S., was the day after my birthday, and uh, so I had it – removed and it was outpatient and I got you know I went through the whole thing and they said you know when you get anesthesia because I've never had any surgery of any sort like where I went fully fully out and they said you when you come to it could take 10 minutes it could be sometimes you know some people take three to four hours I was awake when they like wheeled the like bed out of the room and I was like hello good morning I'd like to leave now and they were like that's it so I was it was really and thankfully knock on wood ending the story it was nothing it was like apparently I have very dense breast tissue so they could not You're so see dense. it I am very dense I mean that's not the only thing that's dense about me the biscuits you made this morning were very dense I was gonna say my blonde hair For, I, uh, our guest is already laughing. I don't like this. <laughs> really? I did. Trader Joe's make. It's Trader Joe's. It's Trader Joe's fault. 
you could say they were bad. It's fine. I don't it care. It was just done. <laughs> I'm going to die crying. Oh, okay, go Anyways, on. the point is, is... Oh, you have dense tissues in I your mouth. I have dense <laughs> tissues in my tits. And that's what happened. Anyways, the point of the story is, thank God I'm fine. Thank all the things. Yeah. And uh, honestly, had I been going through this by myself, I, I think I would have had a totally different like emotional response. It was terrifying. And to mm. have art to be like taking me to everything, to be there with me, to like have us make this realization together that this could completely alter our lives. And this is like the first time in your marriage oh, or relationship with him that you've had anything remotely close and, to And you know, that. it's the first, it really is through sickness and in health. And all of a sudden you go, oh shit, it's, this is it. Yeah. Like this means something. It matters. Like even, you know, all the fights or all the whatever, you know, ups and downs. We've been together a long time. You go, this is this is why you stick it out. And this is why it matters so much to be to, to keep the commitment that you've made. Yeah. And but what you said, like, if you didn't have him, like, what would you do? I mean, obviously, you know, you have such a strong friend circle. And sure. you've been and looking about how many friends you've been there for. 100%. But this is what makes me and I know I'm going to get kind of emotional about this because I was thinking about it. Cry, cry, this cry, morning. cry, oh, cry, cry, cry. <laughs> These are my real eyelashes. I can cry them off now. Okay. So, <laughs> but I was thinking, uh, my uh, my great auntie has a lot of health problems, and mm-hmm. she's had her battles with cancer. And I feel like this is her fourth battle with cancer now. And she's just she's a, just a trooper. She's the energizer yeah. bunny. But she says she usually gives me a lot of guilt about not having kids, mm-hmm. and she's like because you know she goes you know, the one regret she has is not having kids because no one to take care of her. And I'm like, um, I'm here taking you to Gelson's yeah. <laughs> and like Ralph's. I'm carrying carrying all the heavy cans for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I go, she goes, yeah, but you know, I'm lucky to have you. And I go, well, then I'll just train one of my nieces or nephews to like be there for me. <laughs> like, yeah, because there's nothing to do. But she really puts that fear. Of, I have to think about that when I, because I t- chose not to have kids. There is going to be a point if I don't get married or have a spouse that when, even if I do and he dies, like, I'm going to be an old person with no one to take care of me. See, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. And I get, like, a little upset. Because, you know, obviously our family says the same thing. You guys need kids to take care of you. It's not a guarantee that the kid that you have is going to take care of you. Yeah. You mean, I'm not forecasting anything. But, like, my mom is not living in my house when she gets older. Oh. <laughs> and I love your dad, too. But I know. Oh. I'm like, Dad, that's a little close. Yeah. But, I, but, like... Like the jingle to our song, you know, the the intro music says, uh, it depends who's going to wipe your ass when you're old. Yeah. And I think about that a lot lately because when I had spine surgery mm-hmm. last year, obviously it's a massive spine fusion and my C5 um, just broke. And so they had to put it, and it's funny, the thing they put in. Couldn't you just add up the C4 and the C1 and make a new C5? Right. Hey, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. The thing that they put between my spine looks like um, the phone charger that you plug into the wall with the USB thing. Really? And then two little razors that go up and down, and it goes into your spine, down your spine, and then in that little USB port, you put bone marrow. Oh, I was going to say, why didn't you tell me about this? That would have been coming so handy when we're on long trips. I could just plug into you. (laughs) (laughs) True. True story. You'd have to take me everywhere with you. Um, But, uh, so obviously it's a, you know, I have to stay overnight, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I immediately, I just got out of the relationship. I'm on my own. And yeah. I didn't, I'm like, I'll figure this out myself. And my mom was like, no, I'll stay with you. And I was like, no, I don't want you to stay. We're like, please pick me up from the hospital because you can't leave unless someone mm-hmm. picks you up. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay with you. And I was so against it. I needed someone to stay with me. There was no way I would have been able to do that on my own. She would wake me up to to like take my medicine like every four hours and then she would wake me up to eat and then she would wake me up because you have to walk for five minutes mm-hmm. so your spine doesn't compact and then I would just sleep and I felt like I would just wake up do whatever she said go back to sleep wake up do whatever she said go back to sleep for like four days that's crazy but if I didn't have I don't I think I just would have just stayed in bed and not done anything well, I would have taken the you know the, the pain meds yeah <laughs> like, obviously yeah. I remember having that conversation with you before you went to get that surgery I'm like do you want me to come and you're like no I'll take do it myself I'm like you can't and you're like yes I can't Tarjean leave me alone I yeah. remember having this and I was like you are getting also, spinal surgery but also I was so stressed out I didn't yeah. I'm mean, talking about when you come out from anesthesia mm-hmm. I remember they wheeled me out and my mom and my sister were there and she and she was videotaping Ooh, me and she's like how are you feeling sis and I, I sat up and I go yo 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 I'm just kidding I'm totally fine because like <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to catch me being like ah Santa Claus is my boyfriend but like I didn't but it's just it is it's from a single point of view what to do with an illness it's mm-hmm. like yeah, I do. I did, and I'm happy I did rely on my mom. Yeah. We talk about um, the day after my car accident, and you rushed to my side. 
to see me and check in on me and just physically be there and like, take you to lunch and take me watch me <laughs> watch me eat a side salad for two hours <laughs> yeah watch you sh- like shake like a leaf and turn yeah. to ash and be like everything's fine <laughs> i'm cute um <laughs> but it is but like the single point of view is like you don't have to be so scared just you don't have somebody because you do i think a lot of single people have to know that just because you don't have a boyfriend or you don't have a husband or girlfriend or wife you have friends and you do have family and they could take that role. It's time to ask. It it's is the time, time to ask. to be like, because you know what? Here's the other thing. I want to help you, right? Like there's a lot of people in your life that you're like, I don't want to burden them, but they want to help you. Yeah. They want to see you well because you would do the same for them. That's what I was about to say. Like as much as you'd be like, no, no one needs to take care of me on my own responsibility. But then think about how many times you've helped a friend. Exactly. You know, even like Jim, when Jim is like once was really sick, like mm-hmm. I just brought him a rotisserie chicken and some oranges yeah. and like peeled them for him. And like, yeah. like, cause sometimes you just need like a physical person to do something, you know? Yeah. Simple and, like, things. Yeah. But you and- know, also with... Art's family, if someone got sick in his family, I mean, it doesn't always have to be your spouse because you have to go through that together and how to deal with that together, you You know? know, It's the same thing because, like, Art and I don't have any family in town. You're lucky you have your whole family here. Am I? I mean, on a piece of paper. Lucky. But... You know, it's the same thing. Like we always talked about, if we had a kid, we would be like we would have no money because we would need to pay for childcare. Like if you are a single person and you get like majorly, majorly sick, there is always the option to, you can pay a caregiver and things like that. But I'm so stubborn, anyways. Oh like, really? That's a surprise. What a shock! I would have never pegged you as that. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Not purple. You were wrong. I was right. Oh, I forgot. This. I didn't know it was a test. I'm so sorry. It's the first test I've ever failed. <laughs> also, fun fact. Sad fact. <laughs> but like, I, I, something I have very much learned is to ask for help now. And I, and I, even with all my fun dental hobbies. <laughs> oh hobbies, yeah, you, we didn't talk about how you have teeth now. Um, what? More, more permanent teeth. Because I didn't want to talk about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have teeth. They're I don't have into your mouth. I don't have to wear a retainer. Oh, you're a grown up. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized my car registration expired. Not that much Never of a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> and that will just lead us to introduce our guest. This is my neighbor. His name is Ian McLeod. Ooh, you yeah. said it. You oh, did it. I did it. I did. I know. Did you say it the other way, though? Ian McLeod. McLeod. No, you said Ian McLeod. No, you're going to make me say it wrong. <laughs> it was McLeod. 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 Oh, if you were a rapper, you'd be oh, McLeod. Yeah. Ian McLeod. I have a name change after this. <laughs> make him sign the waiver. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's right. We need to do that. That's true. Um, so you guys are neighbors. I, this was such an interesting story when Tina Louise was like, oh, I want to bring my neighbor on. And he like through all this stuff. I'm like, how'd you meet him? And you're like, ah, uh, through my balcony. <laughs> Like what? I just I just sit on my balcony and just watch everyone say hi. She's never not posted up there. You know, it's like it's it's like Rapunzel. I'm walking my dog and little toy poodle named Coco, and you know she looks. I mean, she looks pretty because but she's in shadow. (laughs) Wait, what do you say? What I'm saying. (laughs) She's in shadows. You can't really tell. Yeah, so she's she's back. She's 15 feet apart from you, but yeah, 10 feet up. So you're always like, oh hey and. The angles are weird. And so then it was like a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, coming back from a walk. And he's like, I've never seen you in eye level before. You're so tall. <laughs> no, actually, she was staring at me. Oh, that's I thought weird. maybe I had game that day, but I was dressed like a hobo. Uh, no, I, I I'm like, hey. And he's but like. I was kind of looking at her like, and then I was like, oh. But she didn't recognize me at all. <laughs> like, I was just waving like, hi. He's like, who's like, that weird. girl waiting at me? Wait, but like, to me, like the way you've just described her, she sounds like the neighborhood, like, nosy neighbor. Because <laughs> she's always watching everybody. Neighborhood watch. Neighborhood watch. Yeah. Ju- Does yeah. she sit out there with like a clipboard and she's like, mm-mm. And she like has check marks and she's like, oh, that person came over 310. Fun fact. Not even a sad fact. Fun fact. We live on a one-way street and oh, I have right. a mental note of how many cars I've seen go down the wrong way. Yeah. Right now we're at 27. <gasps> That's dangerous. Yeah, because but those, you know, it's a short street. So I'm sure if you've just made a mistake, you're like, hmm, let's get through this street real fast. Do you sleep on your patio? <laughs> I have the hammock. <laughs> I have Cut her a couple times. Yeah. That's true. That's where I like to have my glass of wine, and my phone works better outside than oh, it does inside go. the dungeon. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's another reason you're here besides just being her neighbor. You guys got to know each other. We did. And it's fun when you just go from just saying, like, hi, and, like, seeing your dog, and, like, how's your day, and, like, whatever. And I always look horrible. I think that's what you're trying not to true. say. I always really, look horrible. I mean, not true. It's not true. There's it's like no a, way. It's a self-deprecating thing that pretty people do. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's just an off day. It's just an 
an update. I heard pretty. Uh, tired. Um, <laughs> well, but then we get to know each other a little more. Then I got to hear a little more about his story. And mm-hmm. then it became something I wanted and I was hoping you would share. It's just an it's just something you just don't know someone else is going through. Absolutely. You know, I think I said, I think it all started because I said something like, well, I just ran a marathon. I go, you know, this is like the first one since my spine surgery. And then he's like, oh, you had spine surgery? I'm like, yeah, I almost died in a car accident. And he's like, yeah, I almost died too. And then you're like, what? what? Why, why are you trying to what? One up me, buddy. <laughs> yeah. What's and up I was a marathon runner too. And I was like, oh, I can't run marathons anymore. And... Yeah. Aw. Well, first let's start. Ian, what's your relationship status? Married. Okay. With? Yes. Do you have children? I am married with children. How many children? What I are have their two ages? children. My daughter is 10 years old now. Aw. And my son just turned uh, eight. Yeah. So how many years have you been married? I have been married this July will be 14 years. Whoa. Together 17. Oh, almost 18. Yeah. Oh Crazy. Oh my God. That's impressive. That's like an, that's real adult status. That's real life, but right? You've been with Art for what? 17 years? Yeah, you're in the same bucket. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is this are like, be- dude. You're old. Oh, I was like- wait. <laughs> oh wait. Let me I pull that like, back. Oh, that's a weird mirror right here. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys both crying? I don't know. <laughs> Why are we holding hands? I don't know. I don't know. Start a support group. <laughs> Hello, my name's Ian. I'm married. Hi, Ian. Hi, Targeting, I'm married. <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm Taylor <laughs> so single. We're like, boo, boo. Why do you look so rested? What's yeah. that about? I brought the champs. <laughs> You're still wearing like cute, like lip liner. It's from like, last night. Cloth. Wait, you went to the gym? That's what. What's that like? So, Ian, you're married. You used to run marathons, and you don't run marathons. You can't. You almost died. What happened? Oh, that's a good start. Um, <laughs> I figured we just cut the chance. I got married, and then I just couldn't run Cancer happens. Cancer. He, got it, he got it as a wedding she gift. Hit me in the you knee. got cancer as a wedding gift? What a terrible friend yeah. you have. It's like misery. She hit me with a crow, crowbar in my knee, and that was it. Oh, very, good yeah. for her. It's like Nancy Kerrigan. What's her name? Tonya Harding. <laughs> yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan got hit. Got hit. Anyway. At 34, um, really kind of hit a new level of my life. Um, I grew up outside Los Angeles in a desert town. I always wanted to be in the film business. Okay. My brothers and I would make movies and uh, I finally got into business and after going to grad school and I was just super ambitious and uh, I lived my way, my life in a way that, um, you know, I just wanted to live it almost perfectly. I found, you know, peace and perfection and trying to just not make mistakes, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, so then I ended up um, like you had control of your life, like you you had. Control. Yeah, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, and I you know was just doing my life in a certain way where I just wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And you went to grad school and you got a degree. Yeah, I got an MFA That's in amazing. film directing. Yeah, congratulations. That's Thank a big you deal. So much. Yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> then I, mean, I I don't have one, so that's a big deal to me. I didn't finish college. You probably don't. Have this, <laughs> you don't have the student loan debt either, I imagine. So well, I mean, I went to USC. So okay, I, so we're about equal then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everything you had, you had this track. You were on this track. Yeah, and so I started working at you know a network, um, TV network, and mm-hmm. I was living the life. I finally started to travel to New York, Atlanta, Chicago, everywhere. You know, shooting content. Mm-hmm. I was a futurist. I was very much about what was coming next. You know, this I is had, pre-kids, right? Pre-kids, yeah. Okay. And then I had, and then I had my children mm-hmm. uh, when I was thirty, and uh, that changed my life. I always wanted to be a dad. My kids are. Then have a daughter. She's, I mean, they're just so, my soul babies. And, um, they're my everything. And they really take all my energy, but then they fill it back up, you know. So I just uh, started running marathons after I try to give up some certain habits. And I, I started running marathons when I, when my wife was pregnant. Okay. And uh, to make her I, feel bad, like you're just yeah. getting fatter and I'm just going to get thinner. <laughs> well, she was doing at, something hard and she's doing something hard. Yeah. Uh. yeah and then she started and then I basically after um, she had the baby, that's I would take the baby out every morning and run in a stroller. I you were up, that dad that on the dad, beach. Oh, I look at those dads. I'm like, look at that cute dad. You just wanted that. You got it. I got way. it. Yeah. I'm like, look at that dad showing off with the kid. It's totally working. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Good prop. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh yeah so then uh yeah then i ran the la marathon in 2011 and i i started training for the new york marathon because i um just became running was my obsession it was my way to be in the moment be in the present where i was always in my head in the future and uh you know it's eighty thousand thoughts a day just in my head mm-hmm. never really here in my heart and so um i started losing a lot of weight as i was training still running five five miles a day mm-hmm 
and uh, start dropping weight. But I had this upper abdominal pain in my stomach, and I've been healthy my whole life. So I didn't even have a primary doctor because I just was so healthy. I uh, started feeling really sick, and uh, at work I was excelling, but I wanted I was just super ambitious. Mm-hmm. So there was another network I was about to jump ship to. I was just living my life, really, you know, the best life. And I uh, went to the doctor finally because my mom said, hey, you got to go. Don't be stupid. And so I went and uh, they did blood work. And I came in about, uh, I was dressed in a suit because I was going to go to work and put my two-week notice in. I said, oh. hey, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. I like I'm how out. you dressed <laughs> up <laughs> to like do that baller move. Be like, I've yeah. never dressed up before, but here it is. It's all for the gram. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. I was just like, yeah. 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 And uh, I never made it to the office because I, I went to the doctor and, you know, he said, I got your blood work back. And I said, okay, cool. And he's like, no, I'm really sorry. You have leukemia. Just oh, like that? Yeah. And uh, he just cut to the chase, you know. He was really scared. His face was scared. And oh. he's a doctor. And I'm like, so I paused, and then I was just like, uh, well, am I going to die? And he says, I don't know. <gasps> and so you know, remember the scene in Fight Club with the plane splits in half and everyone's kind of like yeah. tumbling? Yeah. That uh-huh. was how it felt because I was like, <gasps> yeah. first I couldn't remember like leukemia's cancer, right? But yeah. what is it? Like, you know, I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. Like if know. someone said like, you have leukemia, I'd be like, well, don't. You give me pills, pills like right. what's next? You know, you're like, yeah. is my hair gonna look better? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. And so, I just suddenly, you know, um, that whole future I just had mapped out just fell off. There was nothing there. I thought, oh, I'm not. And so he, I went from one hallway, you know, where it was like a guy with a broken foot, over to the oncology department, and I'm filling out paperwork and I'm I'm just bawling and thinking, how am I gonna tell my wife? You know, because we have two babies and they were f- my daughter had just turned four and my son was one. And oh so we're my. just we're stuck. I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know. How, how how did she take it? Well, that was the thing. It just took me a pause to like figure out how to tell her because she had received a lot of bad news on the phone. And so I called her and said, "Hey, you know, can you can you come down here?" And she's like, "No, what's wrong?" And I said, "I can't." Can you? And she just said, "What?" And I said, "I have leukemia. You know, I've cured my leukemia." And it was just that pause of um, she rushed over there and you just hold each other because you think. I don't know. We just grew up with this idea that, you know, I'm doing everything right. I have kids. We're, we're going to grow old together and sit by the fire and be old and wipe each other's asses. As <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know how much time I have, you know. That is, and you, in the, even to like, you know, compound on that, you said you didn't even know this doctor. Like you kind of just met this doctor, right? Like Yeah. And I in. came in with a shorthand, you know, because I'm sarcastic. Of and, course. You know, I'm just like, hey, dog, what's up? You know, because I'm laughing to myself. You know, Tesla wasn't around in 2013, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to get an Audi like yeah. when I get this new job. Like the, the things around me, like who I am, it matters, you know. I'm yeah. a kid from the desert. I'm like, I'm, I made it. And it's funny because for people who don't, you know, who are listening, who are not like from L.A. or Hollywood or whatever. I mean, I've worked in production for a long, long time. I know what you're talking about. There is this sort of infallibility that a lot of us think we have. Because the things we work on, we work on with 100%. We're there for 15, 20, 30, you know, like – hours and hours a day you work 60 80 hours weeks and when you present like when you put it out to the world and it's received well there's just this sort of feeling that everything you're doing ah, oh, this is what i worked for my whole life so i 100 percent understand that mentality and like and especially if you're like i'm going from one network to the next that's a big deal to be in that position that you, that you even have a choice so to make it that far and then get hit with this news yeah and like when you said like that floating in the um, airplane being torn apart like turbulence I, yeah it's like like I you don't it's that moment of I don't even know what's up what's down what's silence yeah. right like I don't you know do I scream do I cry do I do nothing do I accept you know over the, over the years I've understood that it's uh this uh groundlessness mm. you know we always uh feel like we have to have our feet on the ground and we when we we get in this situation where you know when we feel stress or anxiety that we try to run to the things that please us instead yeah. of just sitting in it and uh, but that groundlessness of like trying to find a bar, you know, when you're about to you trip on a curb, you're like holy, ready to touch something, but you just never touch anything on the ground. You know, mm. I've never tripped, so I don't. <laughs> Graceful, <laughs> like your biscuits. How dare you! <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Sorry, they were delicious. There was so many more condiments than there were biscuits. <laughs> My whole uh, biscuit dropped in the honey. I was like, oh, man, I feel bad. He's like, whoops, my biscuit dropped in the honey. I can't, can't eat, eat it. The rest of it. 
So anyway. <laughs> so my wife meets me and, uh, you know, it's that moment of um, I had to get a bone marrow biopsy. So that's a whole graphic thing where you lay on a table and they corkscrew your back and <gasps> carve out the bone. And that was really uh, painful. And the doctor, you know, was an oncologist and she just looked at me and said, you know, be really, you have to be very mentally strong. And that was all she said. And she touched my shoulder and she walked out. And, and then and then the hardest part was like, I have two brothers, a middle, uh, I have two brothers and a middle child. And it was just, it was my mom. So my mom's a little Filipino lady. And uh, she's, you know, always been like my best friend. And so I just, I I called my brothers. I called a couple of my best friends and said, look, you know, I'm sick. You know, I just, they drove all the way to the desert town where my parents lived at the time to so that I could call them. So I made a decision. I'm like, don't. I want you guys to go there and be with them when I call so that when they get devastated, you can like just be there. Yeah. And what was it called again? AML? AML, yeah. Acute myeloid leukemia. That's the the bone marrow biopsy. There's uh, chronic, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has. He he can live with it. And then acute is like, it's killing you. And And you had acute? I had acute. It's such a misnomer. Acute. It's not that cute. It's It's not not that cute. cute. No. I had acute leukemia, yeah, myeloid. And uh, so um, I was diagnosed on Tuesday. We had to figure out which hospital I was going to go to. Wow. And uh, I went. I was admitted into the hospital on a Friday and doing my first round of chemo on Monday. So six days, my whole life changed. So wow. I went from my world was very expansive to now it's very constricted. And I am in a room with one window facing the 605 freeway. And now, now it's game time. I have to decide. I, I don't even know what I'm going into. I just know I, I posted up, put some posters up. I had a Kerouac poster, Miles Davis poster. Oh, you put up visuals Beatles. to just, bring you yeah, happiness. Yeah, but then, and then I brought all my, all the photos that we had because I couldn't uh, put them on the wall because I couldn't see my children. Mm. So I was to stay home, read it, my kid, read books to my kid, dad. Right. And uh, I, they couldn't come see me because of, I, I caught, say, caught a cold from them, I'd yeah. die. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say just because your immune system becomes a little compromised, right? And there so is an immune have, system, yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you needed a bone marrow transplant. Well, yeah. Well, first it was uh, I did chemo. I was a marathon runner, so they said, man, your heart is super strong. So that helped me. That's great. I was 34. But then I started having these fevers, and I was having a fever over like 102, and then I had 10 blankets on me. Ooh. And unfortunately, it was because I was allergic reaction to medication. Oh, my God. Oh, you and, know uh, all about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I started having seizures, and I uh, fell in a coma. How long? Uh, I was out for four days. Oh, oh my God. What God. I mean, that's horrible for you, but your wife. And so that's your the hard family, part because like... my my parents want to come see me, and my wife was like, "No, oh, no." And that was wow. the first. That was the first like, you know, marriage game play, right? Yeah, right. she's like, "Look, I, she's in charge of you. She's that she means, is, she is in I'm, charge. She's now. in charge of me, and he's he's intubated. I have a tube in my mouth. Oh my, yeah, to keep me alive. She's like, I'm not gonna let you see what I'm seeing. No. I, Yes, absolutely. So that that that's the first separation of like the marriage versus family, the family and yeah. the bigger world, right? Right. That's so interesting. But it is it becomes your spouse's job to protect you and to protect your family, and like that's why I mean, kudos to your wife for like making that decision. She's, a, I mean, she's island of calm and because she, she was right. Person, yeah. Your parents don't need to see that. No. Yeah, because you can't take that out of your head either. Like once you see that, yeah, you know. see it, yeah. So then, then I, you come out of the coma. Then I come out of the coma, and the sad part is I couldn't walk or talk. But you uh, opened your eyes, like that's. Just but I opened something. my eyes, and it was like triple vision, no taste buds. But you have to understand, you know, as a storyteller, I can't talk. I can't mm-hmm. even write with my hand. Yeah, I'm hand. I'm disabled. But, uh, I'm a runner, and I can't walk. So were you? You were fully conscious though. Like you- I was in the room. Okay. Yeah, I was cracking jokes, but no one got him because I was mumbling. I was like, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "That's my nightmare." <laughs> I was going to say, "You'd be like, really funny, really funny." People laugh at their own jokes, and then you're not they're not laughing. You're like, I didn't. Your oh, your articulation is not there. Yeah. I was to you know. Huh? How long did that? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's funny, Ian. Uh, yeah. Wow. How long did that? Like, how long did the side effects? last for like until you got mobility in your hand your well mouth i had worked. to start doing uh i had a vocal person come and work with me every single day and okay. then the hardest part is i had to walk around the floor of other patients but um you know two people holding me up and i remember my mom coming around and seeing me just kind of like oh no and that was a moment right where yeah. you're like and oh, you're I'm probably sorry, just emanciated emanciated emaciated mm, oh, good yeah. job <laughs> good job <laughs> I was close, guys. Emancip- was close. Emancipated? What did you say? <laughs> he, yes, he was 16 and he signed away his parents. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But yeah, then it was recovery time and uh, I had to learn how to talk again uh, because they said, you know, 
the kit, the chemo didn't work. You have to do radiation. And so that was another level of, I had to get ready. And I remember like, I finally walked around the, I had went home for a couple of weeks and I walked the block, but I, I tried to run the day before I went back in and I, I went like a mile, mm-hmm. even though I was, I couldn't walk. This was kind of like a, not good. But then, um, I went back in radiation. I did three sessions a day for 10 days and oh. I threw up after every session and they basically were killing my blood cells because they said, hey, you need a bone marrow transplant. Well, and, before uh, we move on, yeah. this is a lot of hospital work. So obviously you're not working, obviously. I mean, you still had a job, right? They were still paying for the insurance. Yeah, I mean, this that's a very good point about, you know, you know, I, I didn't take that job. I remember mm-hmm. I was sitting with my family. The, the, the network called me and said, hey, you know, we're excited. And I just had to send an email and said, you know, can't see the job. I got to fight for my life right now, you know. Yeah. But you stayed with the company for the insurance? Yeah, well, the thing is, like, the other company didn't even know well, of course. I was leaving because I never gave the notice. But yeah. they, they were already my family. I've been there a long time. And yeah. so they took care of me and not that. But the, the PPO insurance, if I didn't have that, like, I wouldn't be here. I mean, like, honestly. Which is another conversation for totally. healthcare. But, but um, thank God you had it. Yeah. Yeah, I saved my life to having that insurance. So and you didn't it, have any financial. Well, it's hard woes. because, you know, you know, I, there's only so much of that insurance that runs out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your wife, my wife continued to work and take care of two kids and try to drive 45 minutes to see me as often as possible. It was hard. How long yeah. How long were you away from home for? I was in there from July to January. <gasps> oh, my oh. God. So it was a long time. And so I went home right before. Did you have FaceTime back then? Yeah, like I think phone? so. 2013, probably. Yeah. But because like, you didn't get to see your kids so much. Would have to be Wi-Fi driven. Yeah. The hospital's not good Wi-Fi. Oh, because I was like, they came once. I think they came on Halloween, and it was hard because they're my life, and then I, I'm just not there. They're like, and they're Where's growing Daddy? Up and, yeah. That was the hardest part of saying goodbye to them. Was probably oh. the worst experience. So I said, "Look, Daddy will be right back." And you're like, Ugh. and I didn't know if I was coming back. Ugh. Way to make me cry right now. <laughs> you have feelings. I know. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't What's like it. What's this substance coming out? I don't like it. It's okay. You go through the radiation. You look distressed. I know. This is, this <laughs> is me. This is me caring. <laughs> you care. Like, I care. <laughs> I feel the sensation in my chest and uh, no, because I, I heartburn no, from those no, stones. The, right. The problem First is, of all, everybody. You <laughs> <laughs> were good. It was a biscuit. We'll take a picture. We'll put, we'll put it on. We'll put. I'll take a picture. We'll take a picture. We'll put it on Instagram. It, no, it's because I'm. When I'm listening to your story, I'm feeling it. Like I'm in my yeah, body. I'm it's feeling hard. It with, no, I mean, but I'm real. feeling it with you. Like I, I'm just imagining what this all feels like. Empathy is that the word? That's what it's empathy beautiful. feels like. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah, and I think what was interesting is, um, you know, they said you need a transplant, and I'm a six three white dude. Obviously, you know, they don't see me right now, but uh, you know, I'm okay, half well. Filipino. My mom's an immigrant from the Philippines. So I've always had this very deep Filipino pride in me. I'm like a little Filipino man inside my body. Karaoke, dancing, <laughs> I love pork. Like I do it all. I'm flashy. You should see his Filipino. hand right now. His hand is all. Yeah. He's, he's all, so Filipino. Yeah, right. I'm Bruno Mars right now. <laughs> right. Um, so the fact is that there was no match in the be a match because I was half Scottish, half Filipino. So um, mm. it's like you're too rare for a match. Yeah, but there's no. You need the exact match, ten points of genetic code, and so there was no match, and so they said you have a twenty five percent chance that, um, well, fifty percent you were gonna die, and they said your little brother could save your life possibly, if he's a match, but it's a twenty five percent match, and so it was crazy when people started twenty five percent chance that, that would he would be a match. a match, and if he's not a match, I die. Fifty percent you yeah. die. Oh, so he, you guys didn't know yet at this point. We didn't know. Okay. So people started to come and uh, see me in a way to say goodbye. Oh, boy. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. I can't imagine. Oh, I never even thought about that. Because they just tell you all the wonderful things about you. I was going to say, you. it's oh, kind of... No. Oh, see? You know, they're like, I was like, they're like, nice. you're amazing. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, you know, you're just... In- oh, mad were they when you got okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that. It's good. It's delicious. It's really delicious. Yeah, it's really funny. I didn't mean any of those things I said. So, okay, oh, they, so they're, they're all coming to do their goodbyes. Yeah, and, and- the hard part is, like, you know, I, I learned in the hospital um, to really go in within. You know, I started... You know, I've always been a man of prayer, but I started meditating, um, meditation uh, when I was at the network because it was getting stressful. I was traveling mm-hmm. a lot, and I said, you know, I realized there was so much in my head, and I needed to get back into like the present moment. And so, that little practice ended up being basically the foundation for my survival. Because in the hospital, you don't take it day by day, you don't even take it hour by hour. You take it breath by breath, and that was the thing that I realized that, you know, if I'm not if I don't meditate and I don't try to stay in the room, I'm going to leave the room. Meaning, I'm going to leave life. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you couldn't give up on yourself. Yeah. And then that's when you start to feel this self love. 
in meditation and you realize, you know, I'm not my body. I think when I was diagnosed, I couldn't sleep because I was claustrophobic in my own body thinking like this body, this flesh encasing is sick and I have to get out of it. Uh-huh. That's the first time in my life I would thought, you know, I'm not my body. Like there's soul and there's body. And in the hospital, I started having this great faith that I was going to live. I thought I had a morphine drip in my arm. You that know, so I was helped. super high. <laughs> uh, I was just, you know, a joyful person. You know, I was just, you know, telling people like, he's going to be a match. He's going to be a match, you know? Yeah. And then um, they did the test. And, How um, nervous was your brother? Because you can't oh, control it. That's a lot like of your, pressure. Like your brother, you know, you can't control it, but like. But he looked like me, he taught like me. We, we, we were together our whole life, you know? We were just kind of, yeah. it was almost like, yeah. Um, Did he come in with a suit? He's like, I'm he's ready. Like, he's like, I quit this job. <laughs> I'm ready for you to tap my back. I'm a match. <laughs> I did. I did your hand. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you, you got that yeah. Brumar hand? Yeah. There's a lot of hand signals. A lot of hand signals going on. Uh, he was a full match. He came back. Wow. Was a full match. That's exciting. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it was very exciting. It was just. Uh, it was a confirmation of not only that deep belief and that you know the foundation, but it was more that I get a second chance. It's just like, and the hardest part is recover. Uh, you know, cancer's not really about the treatment. It's really about the recovery. That was the messy, the messiest. But that moment was like, you know what? Because in four days I was yeah hope and four days I was in a coma, that near death experience I you know I've I've tried to translate kind of in writing what that experience was, I think I made a decision to come back because I felt like my responsibility here on Earth physically was not over. Yeah, and you know kids and just life and what you contribute to this world too. You know, like your job wasn't done yet. That's amazing. With um with bone marrow transplant, does it does it always take or is there a possibility that it won't work? Yeah, there's possibility in a non-full match, partial full match, and there's a lot of side effects that come with a GBHD, graft versus disease, stuff that happens to your body after if it's not a full match. But I had a lot of bad things that happen in my body in general, mm-hmm. a lot of body dysmorphia just after, you know, um, uh, I weighed 145 when I came out. You remember but that movie 60? Powder? Wow, yes. That was, that was me. It was just oh like the dude with the glasses just kind of walking around, like wow. creeping people out, you know, like, who's this guy? Just you could have just played it off gothic. Right. Right. some black Seriously. lipstick and a so moto jacket. jacket. Hang out at Denny's, <laughs> drink some black coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the recovery started where I was just, I was a broken person. How long, well, did you get to go home already? I thought, yeah, I, I'll just admit it. I, uh, near Christmas, I was just so sad not to go home. And I started lying about, they had this whiteboard and said, like, oh. you have to eat so much food and your counts have to be a certain way. And I said, how are you feeling? Like, cause I, Ended up having nausea for nine months. So now I have a great empathy for women because I'm like, oh my, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you mean about being pregnant? No, being, getting your period and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just the cramps and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm so, you know. That's a bummer. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's not fun. (laughs) It's the worst, yeah. Yeah, now I went to nausea and then they sent me home with. Oh, wait, you were lying. So when they would ask you, like, how you feeling? How you feeling? I feel great. And they're like, did you eat? Because I didn't eat the hospital food after six months. You're just like, you start eating everything that. You had the whole menu. Yeah. I'll never eat canned peaches again, you know. Like the, oh, I don't ever want to eat canned peaches to start. Oh, general, you can't. Right? She's I allergic. Oh, you're allergic? No, I hate peaches. Oh, I I'm not allergic. allergic. No, I oh. hate them. They're gross. Yeah. How do they made everybody. your tongue furry? No, they're furry. Peaches are furry. That's gross. Who eats something with fur on it like that? Yeah, That's no one likes hair. Ew. Mm. <laughs> I know I'm alone in this. Send your hate mail. Okay, great. Hate mail. Peaches the are gross. The peach, they start. Oh, my God. Georgia. People. Georgia's going to be all Ugh. over here. Oh, I hear it from Art all the time. You've never had a real peach, a Georgia peach. I'm like, Ugh. okay, I get it. You ever meet an apple enthusiastic person? Like an enthusiast? I know a couple of apple enthusiasts where they really go off like the handle about different types of apples. I mean, I like apples. No, they'll go all in. They're like, no, is this gotta... like in a? I don't a, want them on the podcast. A Lyft or Uber that you have this <laughs> apple conversation. Seriously, Manzanas, like Manzanas. That's right. So okay, so uh, yeah, so they you sent me eating. home. You know, one forty-five broken. I lied to say I'm going home, and I went home just like the shell of a person. And they gave me, a, you know, I was taking forty pills a day. And uh, so I just was one giant side effect, and I just laid in a fetal position for months. Just because uh, the first hundred days you can't leave the house, you have a mask, so you're in isolation. But it was summertime in Burbank, and Wait, it was ooh. just miserable. It's hot. Everybody who doesn't live in Burbank—that's not a fun place to be for not a hundred days in a row. So yes. wait, you got okay? You got diagnosed in 2013. So when you 2014, got- you know, in January is when the recovery started. Okay. And because I was an ambitious person, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to the network in April. <gasps> I went back so soon. because I, I just want to feel normal again. But I realized, like, it's probably sorry, bro. Soon. It's the new, new. You're, my life was not the same. I went back and I was like, this is, this is not it for me. 
Hey friends, I'm Teen Louise, and I'm coming to you today on behalf of anxiety. Have you been feeling like things in your life are just going great? Do you have a great new job, a loving partner, and nothing reasonable to worry about? Oh look, it's anxiety, here to take all those good feelings away. Anxiety is a major sponsor of this program, giving me plenty of things to second guess, question, and frankly, never stop reliving in my head. Anxiety, I bet there's a medication for that that I'd be totally allergic to. Well, my wife, you know, the back to the marriage thing is, you know, it's those vows, you know. It's it's interesting is that uh, divorce is, you know, pretty prolific, obviously, for our, our generation specifically. It's like for better, for worse, you know, sickness and poor, you know, sickness and health and richer for poor. And like, they're looking at each other's eyes and like, we're going to be rich and healthy. <laughs> we're going to be rich and healthy. Better. <laughs> Let's go it's consummate. Weird. Were you at my wedding? Yeah, let's go consummate in Lake Tahoe, right? I was there. Yeah, I was oh, there. Shit. <laughs> he knows too much. You know the people on the beach that were like staring and crying. Oh, no. That was me. I was one was, of the guys. He was the emo guy. I forget that we talk about all this. I'm like, how'd you know that? <laughs> Stalkers. Did another you, stalker? Did you ever feel? It just sounds so horrible. Did you ever feel guilty? Oh yeah, yeah. like that she had a, like. Take care of you or look oh, at you. Like you weren't skill. like the manliest at this moment, you know. Like you're struggling. Well, more like you know, all you could really see was a bag of bones. But you oh. saw my soul. My soul was just so on the surface, you know, because you're like, this person's still here, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but I didn't talk the PTSD. I went silent. I love music. I spin records and stuff for you know for myself. But you know, I didn't know music or the radio. I couldn't be in a car more than ten minutes because of the isolation. It was just I was just a different person. And she stood by me and kind of. I think the hardest part is the. Um, the pills had side effects that um, you start taking certain medications that you um, go off the rails. And that was a period where, you know, the doctor said, look, he's going off the rails to her. First of all, she's my saving me in a way, right? Yeah. I start lashing out, not at her, but right. at life. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Because my, des- you know, it's not that I was suicidal. It's just that my desire to die was greater than my will to live. Because wow. I'm like, this whole new life is way worse than before but more like i, I don't like see a quality of life was, i don't see a path where i'm going to be a normal person again. and it probably felt like it wasn't fair after the life i lived yeah see yeah because i i felt forsaken yeah and in, in the sense that i was a, i was a man of faith and i i did everything right for my family i didn't i did all the things that you wanted a man and i did it with excellence a spirit of excellence and now i'm here and i'm like but the, the but the the big point was in the hospital which is part of who i am i didn't ask like wasn't Miss Saigon like why God why? Mm-hmm. It was more like um, what like what do you what do you what do you want me to learn? The source, the universe, God, Heavenly Father. What do you want me to learn from this experience? Because I'm I'm like Job now. I've mm-hmm. you've broken me, so that was the path that I had to learn. Which is, you know, and I learned a lot in that, that the next six years. When I survived my car accident, I had a lot of survival guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt very guilty of why I was allowed to live and so many other people mm-hmm. died. You know, and you going through this journey and finding out you have, you know, leukemia, then you just happen to have your brother be a match. And, yeah, it's a bad, bad struggle. And you don't have that greatest will to live. Like, it's hard because you know you have so much to be grateful for. But it's 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 hard to see that in the moment because everything is so bad and so dark. Did you go... Did you get help? Did you use meditation or did you get help for PTSD? Yeah, I mean, I had a, a few doctors at the hospital that were um, psychiatrists that, you know, really changed the game for me. I had a lot of survivors got my uncle um, had leukemia just a few years before me. I, and uh, he was doing treatment. That he, he got better and then got sick again because he didn't do the transplant. Mm-hmm. So he was at City of Hope. Did he so, have that other leukemia? Not yeah, the, the chronic, yeah. yeah. But then what happened is that he, we were at the same hospital at the same time. He was on a different floor. Oh, my God. And then um, I was going through treatment. They said, you got to go say goodbye because he um, oh was passing. My oh, my jeez, yeah, It was really horrible. Oh, and yeah. you're going through it and you're watching someone in your family who's not going to make it through but it. The, and he was the key holder for me that said he would always give me the tips. Like, you know, this if is, you're not, he was uh, like basically giving me the path, the blueprint to keep yeah. going. And so when he passed... And then my friend in the hospital was younger than me. He passed the same thing. I thought, like, I'm a, I'm marked. Like, and now I'm now I'm in the trenches, but there's no lamps. There's no light. Oh, I yeah. have to walk it. But it was great in the sense that if I just like take a, a 
interlude like i'm grateful i got sick i'll just straight say it i'm grateful i got cancer because of all the lessons you've learned and because, the man you became now because you know like may 10th was my day of birth for my mom like my day of arrival but october 16th i'm when a tourist too sorry to interrupt high five high five <laughs> is your birthday the sixth yeah hey, wait can i guess are that. you oh this is so easy and aries no mm. take one more guess it's the hot she's, sign, like the really a, sexy sign. Hot she's sign. a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that's the sexy sign. I'm so, some people's true. a crab. I'm a beautiful maiden, <laughs> virgin. <laughs> Hold on, let me move my halo. <laughs> I just scooted over on the couch a little bit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I, I feel so much gratitude because, you know, um, October 16th of 2013 is the day I got my transplant. And in the hospital, they call it the second birthday. Oh. And so that was really the day of my awakening. I think that, you know, I've been sleepwalking through life, really never in the present. And, uh, you know, when you're dying, um, you can not only come to the present, but you get so quiet and still especially meditation, like the stillness and the silence, you realize that, um, you know, you can hear God's whisperings. You hear the source whisperings where you're like, you know, Aham Brahmasmi, you know, I'm the, I'm the universe. Everything's in me and I'm in everything. And there, I'm, I'm part of a bigger interconnectivity. And so that's the energy thing that you're not so into. Okay? But it's okay. <laughs> what, is that okay. a quote? I don't do quotes. <laughs> I have a quote to share. <laughs> I hope it's long. I hope it's insightful. Well, it's a two-pager. <laughs> is, but... is, is, is it by unknown? Ugh. By unknown. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> that's so funny. But, you know, at 34, you know, a lot of people get to 70, 80s year old and they, they get cancer and they go, you know, on their deathbeds like, you know, now I know what life's about. You know, I'm like, bedroom, I go back to 34 and now I'm healed like – the healing begins, but more, I get to live the next 40 years of my life with my eyes open. Yeah, that's amazing. Here's a horrible question. You know, people grow, friends grow apart, people grow apart. Mm -hmm. You have this enlightenment and you, you now know like what life's about and how to live it a little more full. Was your wife okay with this? Like, did she like the man that you became or like, was that something that she had to get adjust to? Because it's not the man she married. I mean, you were just a little more driven, you know. Oh, I mean, that's man. such a great question. Yeah. I, I don't know who. I'm so proud Cheers of myself. Yeah, true. She's so happy. She's proud of her. That was not the horrible question. That was no, a supreme question. it was very question. insightful. Isaac and Zach. I mean, yeah, this whole thing could, you could probably talk to her. I mean, she, uh, yeah, it was rough. That that was the the thing is our marriage was pretty like sealed tight. It was mm -hmm. the cancer that just like cracked open everything. Mm -hmm. But then you know over the five years of healing that I did within myself, but then within our relationship, that you realize the crack is that's where the light comes in, right? Right. And the thing is like we fought a lot more in the sense that I felt a lot of push against her resentment because she was my caretaker mm -hmm. and I was patient. And so eventually I started being like can you it's just not sexy to always be like yeah you're the caretaker like you start with being like i just want to be a husband and father again yeah this is a lot of struggle to find the new identity i didn't know who i was coming out of it and, you know after being together for so long you know you're like it's one of those things where not only are we we're changing but you're trying to come back to center that's what i was saying about you know being single and being going through sick i was going to say is it's got to be very very difficult because you it takes an army to raise a child or village it takes an army to Get cancer. I, mean, I would think it'd be hard single because um, the things that were important to me is uh, like touch and eye contact. And sometimes, you know, friends and stuff like that, they can give that to you. But like having the intimacy of a wife to be able to like, you know, if you're in fetal position, your wife's the big spoon. You know yeah. what I mean? It's those moments. I have two questions for you. Sure. One is your leukemia. Do, is there any reason? Do they have any idea what causes it or is it just totally random? It's totally random. Yeah, okay. sometimes it could be hereditary, but, um, you know, I think part of it is, yeah, I think it's this, I learned to heal within, but also I think, you know, I had a lot of constriction, I think, in my life, and I think that led to my illness, in right. my opinion. I think the way I was living my life, even though I was healthy, I wasn't living a pure, the pure mental part, That's and that was all, all in my head, not my heart. You were talking about how meditation, you know, while you were in the hospital teaching you how to breathe, and, and now you've really focused a lot more on meditation you want to tell us about that like well, yeah. that was my second question well, i got it How, no it's not okay well you How can't ask you? all the questions i can't 50 percent of this podcast <laughs> mom and dad can you guys just like my blue purple <laughs> thank you thank you purple is right no purple there. is actually you know blue and red so in theory 
fine. You're double wrong. Because you're 50% <laughs> in me. You're the worst. I was just going to ask, when you were in the hospital and you were going through all this, were you, with the meditation, what were your guides? Did you have books? Did you have, like... Yeah, I, um, you know, David G is a meditation instructor. He was with the Chopra Center a long time. He, hmm. he had guided meditations that really, you know, just kept me in the room, you know, because I just checked out. I just mm-hmm. checked out. But, uh, you know, during... I, it's, it's funny, I was like... Not funny, but 2013, I was sick. 2014 was staying physically alive mm-hmm. and healing my physical body. And then it was like, I need to heal my mental. So my doctors sent me to UCLA to do mindful awareness training. And that's oh, kind of, that's where I started. Cause I, I was able to re realign this, the like PTSD from the radiation, mm-hmm. severed neurons in my brain that caused that trauma. Hmm. I was able through meditation, mindful awareness to like heal the mental wow. capacity. So now I could drive five hours and not be worried, but like I can do five minutes. So it's, it's, that was first, I went from the side, I went to the scientific approach to fix my brain. And then after that, I was fixing the spiritual and I, I came up with the daily meditation practice that um, elevated me. And then last year, I, at five years, you're officially cured. Okay. So I'm officially cured. Congratulations. Thank That's you exciting. so much. And, and uh, I decided, you know, I was going to go to Japan for my 40th. And I thought, you know, once the meditation, this voice said, you know, you're gonna have such a good time. It's gonna be so good for you. And I thought that's the judgmental thought. But I realized I took all. I planned everything. I canceled all the plans to go to Japan. And I put it into becoming a certified meditation guide uh, through oh, yeah. DVG. And so you know, six to eight months of studying, and so that I could be a, a better cancer patient advocate for others and help people to. Um, so you're certified meditation guide. I am now. Yeah. And you're an advocate for. Yeah. What does that entail? Um. So basically. A lot of people say, hey, they call me and they say, hey, my friend's sick or my mom's sick. And I'm always just very much like, you know, put me in touch. And we usually do texts and phone and Zoom calls and in person where I've been through all of it. All of like, you know, it's like, well, my cancer was harder than your cancer. It's just more like I have a deeper well of experience so I can help patients go through things. Because I was telling you about being claustrophobic about the body and soul separation for me. Mm-hmm. That's what I realized is that um, when you're ill and you have sickness, all you can think about is your body. Your thoughts of like, I may not make it through the day or this one makes me really ill or this one mm-hmm. gives me diarrhea or whatever. All these things yeah. are terrible. That's because we're focused on the body. But if you focus on the spirit, the soul vibration part, all of a sudden you realize the highest vibration in the room wins. So if mm-hmm. I put, if my body's sick, but I'm putting my, I'm trying to elevate my spirit, my body will follow. Because it's the highest vibration. What amazing that you give back so much. You know, like, like you not only do you give to yourself a lot, which I, it sounds like an easy thing to do. I think it's something I'm the worst at mm-hmm. is being nice to myself. But, like, you are loving to yourself and caring for yourself. And then you also will then give to others and care. You know, that's I think it's a, it's a think gift it's, that's it's not hard. a lot of people can do. That's an amazing gift. That, that's why I didn't die. Uh, think about it no think about it no think about it listen think you said it. don't touch me no, seriously listen that's the most into me no, listen listen you said it right you're so unkind you're like unkind yourself that's the thing that's why I, meditation taught me is this thing called you know bodhicitta which is this idea that i've learned to cultivate a practice of not only self-love self-acceptance and self-forgiveness so these three things seriously love Self-love, self you know, these are things that we give to everybody, right? You're up top mm-hmm. in the neighborhood looking over everybody. You're probably <laughs> nice to everybody. You're like, hey, you want a jello shot? You want some? <laughs> you, want a, you want a biscone? You want a biscuit scone? I'm not a mean neighbor. I don't give people those biscuits. How dare you? <laughs> such a dick. Such a dick. <laughs> I was going to but the I thing is, yeah. no, I, no, no, I, no, I, I'm very loving uh, and nice you are. to people. My thing is, you probably don't give that love to yourself. No, not at all. She just that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. You imagine if we cultivated that for ourselves. You have to is, want to. I'm I think not there on the yet. single side, yeah. right? You could probably love someone deeper if you're loving yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I'd be more lovable. But this is I the bodhicitta practice, which is I've learned to cultivate that over six years. But it was like I put the work in. It was yeah. rough. But now it's not like. I'm going to go live on an island by myself and be enlightened. It's more like the whole point is that we are the same. There is no us versus them. Like, the, you know, when it comes to religion, it's like, if I'm this and you're that, it's us versus them. Yeah. It's that, you know, or me versus you. It's, it's top on sea, which is, I am that we are, we are the one, we're the same. It's so interesting what you just said. Cause the visual I got was like that guru on top of the mountain 
yeah, he's at inner peace and he has all this enlightenment, but does he share it with anybody? Like, you know, he expects maybe people to climb up to the top to ask him a question, but instead of you standing on top of the mountain, you walk down to the fields. Correct. I'm not, I don't need to be at the top of the mountain because, you know, if I climbed Everest and I look around and I'm like, it's so stunning. What do you think? I look over next to me and there's no one there. It just loses that because it's really about the sharing, Mm -hmm. the experience, right? And so as much as I want people... I want people to have the alignment without the cancer. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if you're going through it, I'm going to hold your hand through it. Do you want us to tell us about your exciting news that we have coming out at the end of the year for you? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I started, I'm a writer, so I write every day. And so I I journaled a lot during cancer Mm -hmm. in the hospital when I started. It was all, it's kind of like scribbles because my hand didn't work. And you but, thought it was hilarious and no one else did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I had all these crazy ideas. So like, I was like, like oh, planning all these parties. A minus sign? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Seriously. The Filipino was like, I was like, tell my wife, like, when I get out, um, I'm going to plan this party. It's going to be really good. Um, um, you spoke in windings. Yeah. I'm gonna do, I would do this. Like, I'm DJing. And she's like, uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> but I, wrote, I started writing, but, you know, it takes so long to write this book that I wanted to release because I felt like the story was still writing itself. And uh, when I hit my cure where I was like, oh, I'm actually going to be here a minute. Um, it's a book called The Long Way Home. You know, it's about the whole experience. But, you know, there, there's a lot of victimization, I think, if you're a cancer person, you know, because I, you know, I, I get it. Like, I have neuropathy in my feet. I haven't ran since I had cancer. Mm-hmm. They said I would come back, but feeling my feet, they're numb. I don't say, oh, I wish I was a runner. I used to, you know, it's like, no, I'm, the new new is I'm here. Yeah. A Long Way Home is really about um, understanding that um, there's great purpose in the pain. And there's uh, beauty in the brokenness if you just, you know, sit for a moment and let the mud settle and the water come clear. You'll see that, you know, there's there's purpose in all things. Wow. And that's something that we get to enjoy towards the end of the year? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, hopefully by the fall um, it'll be done. The book's done. Just trying to edit it and then, you know, we'll get into the getting the right publisher to really oh, all I care about is honestly it's funny like I cared all about the future uh, how much money I made 401k all this stuff it's all an illusion to me I don't really care so much like to me it's about you know making eye contact with everybody and just being like I love you because we're the same we're here there's no greater or less than it's it's more like we all have our own trauma we all have our own personal cancers and mm-hmm. things that I mean we all have trauma and so it's really saying like hey you know being together, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. Ian, I find you so inspiring, not only because of all that you're, you know, you're saying and all this, but I think you've crystallized, again, it's like the cancer wasn't the hard part. I think the hard part for all of us and anybody who's listening is finding a way to accept who you are and the life that you want to lead. And that's, man. We don't accept ourselves, though. No. We always want to be somebody else. Exactly. I want their life. That's why the FOMO, you know, if you're missing out on social is so hard because you're like, I want to be there. I want to be her. I want to live like that. And the thing is, like, there's no one like you. You're a singular, you, me, you, singular expression of God. Like, there's nobody like you. It's like funny, fingerprints. Of all, the, of, all the, <laughs> of all the self-loathing and hate I have, so one thing I know is no one is like me. <laughs> like, I'm very high. Yeah. Like, this, and I, I like me. Like, I know I'm crazy. But, I, You're very proud of yourself. She's basically saying you no be. one's a, a G model. and it's, <laughs> it's really, I could tell you nobody could fit in this because yeah. they fit the gene around me. So. And I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen my hair, but it's really, no, but I didn't, but my point was that uh, um, when I was going through a lot of my PTSD and stuff, I had to love myself through my challenges because I was truly alone even though I did have um, my ex at the time I was truly alone going through all these doctor's appointments like not like you and I know it's trauma so trauma compar- trauma yeah it's not no, it's, it's the same it's the same it's trauma suffering, trauma suffering, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but like nine doctor's appointments a week plus three physical therapy and trying to still work and not wanting to drive like I became such a good friend to myself but just say it again you he never went with with to any of these appointments with you you literally did no, it all by none, yourself none, so none, back none. to the i mean the really the what i love about your podcast the single versus married it gives me a lot of perspective not only if i listen every you know it's just like i have so much gratitude now for, for not only my wife but then yeah just having more compassion empathy for being single because it, i have that's really the test is that you know if you're starting to get in a relationship it's like fake a real illness you know fake an illness <laughs> 
so that um, you know you can really just see. Yeah, taking notes. Yeah, yeah. taking notes. I mean, do they just get you a can of soup, chicken noodle, or are they making like handmade chicken noodle? But more like you know, will they pick up your prescription? Will they take your doctor's appointments? Because that's really the long term, which is. I mean, I hate you to say. I hate to say this because this is what I learned. That's why you're single though, because you know what you want. Yeah, but in my relationship, that was my. I talked about this before, but. That was the first time I was ever weak. I'm the strong one in my family. I'm the strong one amongst most of my friends. Tarjean's very strong as well. But like I'm always a strong, reliable person. And I was broken. And I hate to, This was the first time that I was. he was tested and you failed. I mean, and my yeah. family wasn't even that great about it. They were just their disbelief that something was wrong with me at all. It was my friends who believed me. That seems so messed up to say. My friends believed me that I'd, something was really, really wrong. And then I had, I mean, he failed that test. And I'm grateful because I needed to see that to get out of it before I got married and would get divorced. It's funny. You said this sentence to me the other day that you are so grateful for that car accident. Yeah. Just like you said. You know, it's, I, I it, say there it, is like I say a it, universal I, thing to show you what you need and what you're missing. Like, oh, if you lean see, into your trauma. That's going to make me cry because I'm so grateful I got in that car accident. As horrible as it is, it's still dealing with things. It g- gave me so much. So if I ask you, is it a grievance or a miracle? Which is it? Whoa. <laughs> I never looked at it as a grievance but the miracle is hard for me because i still have that regret that i was okay like i know i have my struggles i I feel guilty that there's people who die and i didn't but the thing is you're here for a reason single versus married podcast.com yeah yeah Yeah, then that's so so much responsibility (laughs) take it (laughs) it it really is it's like well it's it's like if you were given like a superpower be like well do i have have to be good Like, can I be a villain? Like, do I have to be good? Do I have to be a supermodel? I mean, I really just want to. Do I have to look so good in these jeans? What a burden. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture on Instagram. (laughs) I am that good. You're rude. Both of you guys are rude. Well, this has been enlightening and inspiring in every possible way. It's just heartwarming. Thank you so much for sharing so much. Absolutely. But it's time for our favorite segment. Truth the trash, truth the trash, truth the trash. Or chemo. (laughs) (laughs) So proud of you. I didn't have one for that. That was so good. Thanks. So uh, this is a time where Ian is going to tell us a story, Uh something related to what we talked about. And it could be a true story or a trash story. And Tara, Jean, and I are going to have some questions afterwards and decide if it's truth or trash. All right, Ian. Try to fool us. All right. Years ago, I went to a... uh, sushi restaurant in uh, the valley and uh someone was playing so sitting behind us is my family young family and someone was playing peekaboo with my daughter you know she was so cute and i turned around it was uh justin timberlake saying that i could do this all day is that is that the story? Is that the story? It's the story. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, hold on. Stop Actually, I don't out. think I need any questions. Really? Because I have a personal story. You know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, of course. Okay, you go then. Then you go because I... You're, are you... I go. You okay. go. You go. Okay, number one. You... <laughs> God, he keeps his eyes closed. He's, He's such so a cheater. Shady. Okay. Okay. Number one, who willingly drives to the valley? <laughs> <laughs> he lived in the valley. No, this is... This is that. This okay, is, sorry. Okay, here. Was this pre-leukemia? Yes, Post. Or post. No, he's not going to the valley. He doesn't even like to drive. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. And we have a lot. Also, we live in Redondo Beach. There's Gardena right there. It's like super Asian-y. Like, there's so many sushi places out there. Okay. Was there a, spe- a special reason why you had to go to the valley for sushi? Yes. I'm, I'm going to say it. Okay. Justin Timberlake came to one of my comedy shows years ago, and he gave me basically some of the greatest compliments I've ever seen. So I 100%, I mean, I don't know. Are we ready? Do you have more questions? What are we, where are you leaning at? I'm saying this is 100% true. There's absolutely, Justin Timberlake is that person who is the sweetest person in the world. I'm, it's 100% true. Like there, This is a true story. I know, but Valley, Valley sushi. The Valley has sushi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna listen only because I was at that show. He was yes. at. He's a very, very nice person. So Asshole, I worked at William Rast, and oh, that used right. to be his denim company. So I feel like there's just three points of like personalities here. That we okay, we're on. This is a All Justin right. Timberlake. This is a pro Justin Timberlake yes. episode. Here we go. Here we go. True. True. 
It's Tola Drew. Yeah! Nice work. Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. JT, 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 JT. Jessica Biel. Yay. What a cute story. Yeah, he was amazing. And the reason you go to the valley is Katsuya. Yes. Yes. Studio City. Studio City, Katsuya. By the pet store. Yep. Rescue Gwyneth Paltrow, everybody. And then I moved to, I'm basically moved to Redondo, so I go to the Katsuya in Manhattan Beach. So it worked out. But, uh, We all love JT. Oh, that's such wow. a sweet story. Oh, oh, nice. Guys, I love him. He's so nice. Wow. What an inspiring episode. I know. What an inspiring person. You two are inspiring. I think, uh, you know, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, it's a I thing already, so. but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, oh, so now that Ian's you know on my barometer, it, No, my barometer, though, is goosebumps. Oh. Yeah, it's got, you know. You're, you're on the pulse, and I think what's most important is you're I super heard authentic. You're on the pole. Is that what he said? I've been pulse. on I'm from Nevada. I don't know what you mean. On the pulse. On the pulse. I'm like, I'm on, on, the pulse. on the pole. I was like, he I'm really like, knows us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were standing the whole time on the pole, the whole, yeah. with the bike attached to your. Yes, I have pictures of you on the pole. I have a video of me. Yeah, exactly. So it's not in Ian McLeod. Thank you so much for being on so our show. And thank you thank for you. really, really honestly sharing your journey. And I'm happy that we're neighbors. I'm, I'm happy he knows how tall you are now. <laughs> yeah. So tall. <laughs> right. I'm tall. Is there uh, anywhere that you would want, if people want to follow your journey or follow when the book comes out? Or is there any... Uh... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I journaled my whole journey in the hospital on Facebook. Um, but after I got better, it just became like that's the... Not the wasteland. It's just a place where that... I just don't have to visit anymore. So um, I'm living in the present, living in the now right now on Instagram. And uh, it's at Ian, I-A-N dot Hawk, H-A-W-K. It's my son's middle name. Uh Dot Mac, M-A-C. So Ian Hawk Mac. Cool. Ian dot Hawk. We'll tweet that out as well. And then keep us posted on your book and where it comes out. We'll be happy to tweet it and mention it and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Buy it, read it. The question is, of all those things, will you read it? I will. Yes. We're readers. I'll try to put pictures in. (laughs) That was for for me. (laughs) He looked at me when he said it. (laughs) The illustrative edition. Just because she went to USC doesn't mean she's smarter. (laughs) I love it. All right. Uh, well, we just are so grateful for you for listening. We hope that you will like and subscribe. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for following us on Instagram and on Facebook, which is at uh, Single Versus Married Podcast. That's Single VS Married Podcast. And on Twitter, we are Single V Married. Yeah, and make sure you guys subscribe so you can hear more of our future episodes. We always try to do a single point of view and a married point of view. And always we want to thank Jonathan Buchanan for the music at Campfire Cassette. He's such a guy. And our digital executrix for our website and all of our online graphics she whips our digital life into shape you want me to do it at do it <laughs> you have to do it what to do, do it i can't i can't say it executrix <laughs> at m-i-z underscore say it executrix <laughs> 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 <laughs>